The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after after show. show. It's the after show. Mickey Pegg is with us still. What a surprise. From All Cigars. And uh, it's Wednesday, and he's still here. When is he going to leave? I don't know. But uh, I love I- the arrangements in your house, Dave. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned during the show I was in the Dominican, and uh, I saw a whole bunch of new stuff, including uh, new tobaccos. And uh, I got lots of different samples, and I saw new packaging and new things that are going to be coming out in the future from all different cigar manufacturers going to the box factory and the printing that you want to know what's coming out you go to the printer then you see at the box factory you see these things in advance because usually in the factory they're not really talking about somebody else's project but i looked at it all and uh grabbed samples and uh then it dawns on me at that point of you know, this industry, the last thing it needs is actually another cigar, and here I am looking for new cigars. Um, but I want to go on the the thought of when I didn't think this industry needed a 70-ring-gauge cigar, it turns out it did, and Asylum takes off gigantic. Even Christian couldn't believe it did it, but there was a void in the cigar industry, and that was the void. What else needs, you know... To be made. I have the solution. Boy, this will be a short show if you end up getting right to it. Get right to it. The world needs a cigar tailor. And before you interrupt, let me explain this. So I lost some weight. My shirts are too big. I go to a tailor. They shrink the shirt. I get to keep the same shirt. And for a small amount of money, have it fit my body exactly. Well, you buy a box of cigars and... You smoke a couple out of the box and you progress and you progress and you progress. Next thing you know, you're smoking full-bodied stuff and you still have half a box of mild cigars. What do you do with it? You bring them to the cigar tailor and he wraps higher priming wrapper around the outside of that cigar and gives you a fuller-bodied cigar so you can finish the box and not have to buy new cigars. So you took For that stuff that's too full-bodied, so this he drills the out the Lajero. Yeah, exactly what I was going to get. It flopped and on then, the clubhouse, so and you're still it again. Yeah. And then Let you can go. light that cigar up. There's less Lajero in it, and it's milder. And the cigar tailor is born, what a waste and it's time. something that, that is needed. You just wasted. You mean, you've minute. heard this more than once? Yeah, he did this yeah. before. It's worse than any coin story ever, ever told. It's horrible. It's terrible. It's like a Harry Potter thing, Cigaris Patronus. What, what I don't fuck? know. That's what you said during the thing. I don't yeah. follow it at all. 
And uh, I was really not trying not to talk in this episode. Just listen, <laughs> take yeah. notes. I got so my pen you, out. So you've added nothing to the show so far. And uh, you're all welcome. So when well, someone takes that idea and runs with it, you're going to be like, "Holy shit, that was invented on the actually, after show." Less than nothing. Less than nothing. I mean, the whole point of the story was his eating disorder, and yes. he has to have his clothes. I don't have an yeah. eating disorder. Future trends we're looking at. What's the void in the marketplace? What is missing that's out there? We have thin cigars and thick cigars, short and 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 long, figurado shaped cigars, uh, all different wrappers, all kinds of different things. It certainly isn't the Lancero. Don't even start with that. There's plenty of Lanceros and nobody buys them. <laughs> we're looking for something that. And and Mickey, it, it's good for him to end up hearing this if we end up having an answer to it. What's the void in the industry? And if you were to make something, you come out and, you know, everybody's going to strong cigars. Should we go back to mild, creamy cigars? They're trying to make the Connecticut, not your grandfather's Connecticut. Should there be mild again? Does this come? Cause well, mild, friends- mild has never left. I mean, it's still 35, in a lot of cases, a big percentage of the sales. I think what the trend's going to be yeah. is, you know, when you have a successful football program and all of a sudden they kind of go down and the coach brings you in and says, let's get back to basics. Okay. Let's get back to basics. Let's build a freaking brand, get it in there, and get legs where it's a must-have for everybody. Instead of having all these offshoots and, and, and brown bag full of cigars. Limited releases and all that. Oh, I think, I, I think limited re- releases definitely have a place. But, like, but, but you, I'm, you I'm, I'm, of- I'm banking on the way what we're doing. With our, that, that's, let's, let's just get, let's get a couple things right. Let's have a nice, tight menu. You're saying that, but you didn't come out with a mild Connecticut. You came out with... Medium-bodied cigars because we didn't. We came medium to full. We're working on a model. We just can't get it to market yet. That's. I mean, we're working on getting it to market. We want to get the right one to market. But uh, that's what the industry is missing: is new cigar companies that start with a Connecticut where they should be right from the beginning. They're not as move easy. Into, that's. I think it's one of the hardest cigars to do. Yeah, because also you, if you come out with something medium or stronger. You don't have the advertising dollars to really advertise a mild cigar, so you're going to get lost in the marketplace. You come out with something stronger, you get the social media voices going, you create that fake user engagement to a degree. It's easier to get somebody behind a stronger cigar through social media than it is to get somebody on social media behind a mild cigar. You don't see anybody pushing Macanudo online. You don't see anybody pushing Romeo and Juliet online. But they sell But they sell. But... If you come so, out with a cigar like that, you're going to get lost on the shelf. It's the dumbest because, argument I've ever heard in my entire life. Because the 60-year-old guy that's been smoking that cigar forever, it's going to be harder to brand switch you, him onto a new mild cigar. Says the man, Cigar Taylor. Yeah, you, can, you, shut you, up. Can, milk, you <laughs> can milk off the teat of mild cigar companies like Romeo forever and have an exponentially higher sell-through than by trying to pitch 5% of the population on this is the new medium cigar. And I'm not picking on you. No, right? I, but this I, is I'm the a, new medium cigar. Look, look at me. I, I have a cigar brand. Everybody should try it and, and get the hype on social 90% media. 90% of cigar retailers don't get off their ass and go into the humidor and sell a cigar. They let the guy go in there, pick No, they don't. Pick. They don't. So it's harder to get somebody onto a milder new cigar. Because the cigar retailer, for the most part, is lazy. Every manufacturer that I know of that came out with a Connecticut later, it becomes their number one selling skew. Nick Perdomo, Aladino, uh, Steve Saka. So you're making my argument. If they do a great job, that's They should have done it to begin with, and then they would have taken off. And if we listened to everybody that said you should have, 
yeah, we'd be broke or not in business. They're not. It's not that easy of a cigar to do. Especially there's shortages. Like I don't even call them Connecticut's anymore. I call them blondes. You know, I'm not married to something from the Connecticut Valley. Sure. So it's getting a blonde cigar. Like, all right, what do you want? You want a creamy cigar? Yeah, every fucking mild cigar out there is creamy and delicious, right? But, but, but how do I make my creamy and delicious? Oh, that could be a good... Uh, oh, you're creamy, I'm delicious. Don't uh, fucking feed into that. Uh, no, but you know, that, and we, listen, we're putting a lot of effort into it, and hopefully we're going to have it out to market by you know next year. So. so you're saying it's hard to do, so don't do it? No, not that you don't do it, but do it right. So are you going to do the... This isn't your grandfather's Connecticut no, shade. No, no, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a full flavored, mild, medium cigar. Uh, that's all, and it, it will have a nice, gorgeous blonde wrapper on it. Packaging and marketing, yeah, of course we're going to do all that stuff, and hopefully, uh, you know, we do it correctly. So, but the but the cigar's got to stand alone. So you made cigars. You make robusto, toro, gordo, the three top yep. selling cigars. I will not do a six by sixty in a mild cigar. Really? Yes. Mm. Tell me, tell me, you guys see some pretty good numbers, right? Tell me a six by sixty in a mile that does well. Uh, Dos Ombre six by sixty. Uh, okay, tell me another one. Dos Ombre cabinet six by sixty. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so our own brands to choose six by sixty automatically miles down that blend. If La Giana had a six by sixty, it would be the number one selling. The fifty four is the number one selling size, the thickest right. one. Well, fifty four, fifty five is, and, and sometimes you can squeak up to a fifty eight. But it's still, you're like you spoke to Solamente, you said you liked it a little bit earlier, and you described that as a medium, and I always described it as a medium plus, and I think our numbers are very similar. So, you know, with that, it's like, it just, six by 60, it's just not going to work. Uh, and guess what? Somebody's going to prove me wrong, and God bless them. Yeah. They're good. But, you know, getting into those big ring gauges, I, I joke with Azuka all the time, and he goes, you know, you know, you know, you know it's like T-shirts. You remember when T-shirts was a kid? XL was like the new thing. Like yeah. for me in my world, that's the smallest right. T-shirt that I have when I when I do a promo. Uh, I, I you know so um, yeah. But but back to the mild cigars. Yeah, it's a, it's tough to do. And I think a six by sixty, you're really getting out outside of the realm. You get that fifty four fifty five on a mild cigar. You really do. We need more bundles. Do we need more um, limited releases? Do we need more what small kind of bundles? Cigars? You, you, you're talking about bundles that are actually purposely made to be a bundle. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't know. There's, listen, there's wood problems, and you know these people making five packs and ten packs and these paper that's a whole paper different wrap bundles, whatever you want to call that's that. That's a different Mazas. marketing scheme. They're what they're doing is they're saying we're putting the money into that tobacco or you know. You know so, the packaging costs you money, right? Yeah, that that packaging costs you nothing, right? Uh, I mean, nothing's nothing, but um, it's gonna nothing's nothing. You can write that quote down. Two years from now, we're going to look at the industry and say that was the answer. We don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's a but, bridge. It's a it's a band aid. Bundle. Some of these, you know, I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. So that's why I'm, I'm, I should be listening. <laughs> um, My wife is going to have so much fun critiquing all of this. Candela done correctly. Look, 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 look at the Aurora family. Basically, they own all the tobacco, so good luck trying yeah. to make one. Bobble uh, poles? Uh, hey, listen, we did the uh, pinstripe barber pole at my old company, and um, that was unique, and uh, people went crazy over it, blah, 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 and didn't really sell until yeah. this barber pole thing that happened in the last couple of years. They worked, but 
they work in a super boutique or a micro boutique presence or yeah. presentation. Uh, you got Rojas out there that started the company up. And it, it He's made, making some delicious stuff. Mm-hmm. It made me look at it because he is the, the self-proclaimed king of the small ring gauges. As he does that, all of a sudden comes out regular Toros and Robustos and 52s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that didn't work uh, mm-hmm. where he was going to stay there uh, on those but he doesn't. Small. He doesn't have a sixty. I think that's the, his claim to fame. Is he's not making sixty ring gauge cigars. I bet you he will sometime in twenty twenty two. Then he so, can't be the king of small ring gauges he anymore. Stop proclaiming himself the king of small ring gauges anymore. He's gone away from it. Not according it, to his boxes because it didn't work. Right. Yeah. I'm guessing. I'm sure he printed out all those boxes, uh, the vistas inside, and all that, and he's going through them. Yeah. But look at his latest cigar. I don't think there's a small ring gauge in it. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that works out and people can say all they want about Lanceros and Coronas. I think they're the always, key oh, go ahead. Yeah, the Corona key is, what? Corona cells? No. Uh, no, I, I think they're all part of, no, <laughs> oh, I, I want to hear what Jonathan has to say. All right. I think the key is uh more brands that come out and they look like they're gonna be a badass smoke. You look at companies like Kristoff built their entire portfolio around cigars that look strong but come in at medium yeah and they they kill it in that space and they really have virtually no competition yeah i think all these unique sizes that have been and some of them have been around for a very long time like the perfecto that goes back to the 1850s because that was a transport yeah. issue they're going to be around i i still like what is the industry need Cuban yeah. sizes that that was hot there for a while. That everybody made it like Bahique sizes. Right. They made things that were like the the famous old school Cuban sizes of the Monte Cristo number two and the uh, Partagas number four, and you know make exact sizes. That 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 but, went away. But the end. industry, I think, needs other things besides sizes, because like you 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 know you talked you touched on packaging a little bit. Yeah, sizes. Uh, flavor profiles, which you and I are bantering back and forth on. What is out there that is unique? I mean, people, you, you hear about uh, Rocky with his Panamanian, you know, yeah. tobacco that I cannot get my hands on. Uh, you know, there's certain things out there. What are that, you know, that old company, with the, the they admitted to putting that stuff in there. What does the industry need? I, I think 10 count boxes. Is, the, is is that something? Well, it's funny. Uh, our yeah. next two lines that are coming out will have will be twelve count boxes, and it'll be four over three cabinet. So when I come mm-hmm. to a retailer and say, "Hey, Mister Retailer, can you carry my entire line?" Mickey, I love you. I want to support you, but you're asking for all this real estate. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Let me show you one of my boxes. And then when you open that up, I know we had a Vista talk, uh, Jonathan. But when you look at it, I'm getting enough where you're going to see my imaging. But I'm asking for this much shelf space, also for events. On a 12-count box, we were talking about, because I'm an average of a $10 cigar, that's going to be $120. So you it's buy doable. buy a box, get three cigars free, you smoke three and gift that box, especially when we're going into the holiday season or um, Father's Day or stuff like that. And we can do that because we're nimble. And first thing Nimish said to me is like, you're cannibalizing the sale. You're leaving money on the table. I go, no, we're not. What I want to do is capture shelf space and then continue to earn to keep that shelf space. But what happens when you so there's there's a, another not everybody merchandises like you, Jonathan. I understand. It's an amazing but job there's to do. there's there's other companies out there that spend time and energy, and they say unless you carry thirty six inches, 
of shelf space, you can't even carry the line because 36 inches is what the American consumer Bullshit. can see. Bull fucking shit. You cut yeah. that in half and you're lost you in like a sea of brown. You like somebody that buys one or two sizes of your brand? No, not, not, not at all. No, I'm not saying that it, at all. You're not giving but, it a fair well, shot if you but, do but, but it depends on every shop is different. Every location's different. Every situation of somebody that's going to help you with their brand is different. 36 inches, well, 36 inches, I guess, is the right amount. But what I'm just saying, anytime you stranglehold a, 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 a retailer, yeah, I get pissed off. I put on my old retail hat. Yeah. It really gets under my skin a little bit because it should be working together. I can tell you right but now. But they're trying I, to help, but they don't, they don't understand and they don't know that. They're trying to set them up for success. If you were to give somebody, here, take these four sizes, well, only give me two. Well, I want you to be successful, and two is going to get lost, and it's not going to be successful. But, that, but also, instead the, of you're going to buy two, two of each two, just buy one of each four, I'll, and then you get a better shot. Right? I'll, give, I'll give you an example. So, smaller retailer, small but but, but powerful. Um, really, shelf space was, was a bitch to get in there. So what he did is he said, "You have basic four fatolas, right? You have your, <coughs> excuse me." You have uh, your Robusto, you have your Toro, you have your Churchill, and you have your 6x60. I said, yes. And he goes, well, this is what we're going to do. Tell me if this is okay. And I said, okay. He goes, well, I'm going to take two of each of the blends that you have, and I'm going to have one representative of each size, and then I'll have backup for that because that's the way that he can merchandise at store. Now, this is a one-off situation. I said, okay. I now have uh, nine facings in that store. But I earned it. Okay. And he took it to so. But not every manufacturer plays the same way you do. A lot of them, and some of the fly-by-night guys. I'm not a different case. Now, let's let's ask me this question five years from now. But also, I think people have forgot about the partnerships. When somebody, when I go out there and I hear people go, that retailer's an asshole and he's lazy, but they're doing good numbers. I'm like, perfect. I want to work with that guy. <laughs> I want that lazy asshole because I'm going I'm going to break through the asshole and I'm going to help this guy not be lazy. What can I do to help get my stuff back out the door? I always, my whole career, I did that in sales. I always did something like that. Tell me the, who the biggest jerk is because I'm going to make friends with that guy. Oh, it's me. Jonathan. Yeah. It's me. Now, uh, yeah. Now, Jonathan, the next big thing could be Chilean tobacco, but we'll never know because you dumped that caller from Clubhouse. That's completely true. I Does anybody do know that? that it's, I've never heard of Chilean tobacco. <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. It was on a show about accessories, so uh, it, the conversation was, was moot. We dumped it. All right. Uh, theme cigars. You know, you see themes that you, you kind of have a theme cigar, that it's all Saint cigars, and it's there's yeah, a theme there's, based around it. And, um, you know, you think religious people are going <laughs> to? This was never meant to be a religious cigar. Okay. And it's so funny. I have monks that follow me, the Capuchin monks. That's hey, what happens, shot, right? Same, Father Mike out in uh, Colorado, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, it's just, it just all kind of came that way. And I, you know, everybody thinks that I was a cigar made for the Templar Knights or something. Hmm. Um, not at all what, our, what we were trying to do, but it, it just when you latch, hey, listen, we made a commitment to use All Saints. And All Saints means. Part of that is that we're all encompassing of, of a lot of different things, you know, and and all our brands are our lines that come out uh, will, you know, have their own identity, you know, but we also want to have a similarity in, in that branding component. And it's just it's just ironic that it, it became this way. I think what we need more of is fantastic gift with purchase. Yes, because yes. those those events do very very well. Not 
and I'm not saying short term. In the short term, they do very well because the customer wants the 10-finger case that folds out and holds the lighter and cutter, all that stuff. They want that. But that also gives them the exposure. The only way to get that is to buy the box. Now you're smoking that cigar 20 times, and now that cigar goes into your regular rotation, which is the point of doing an event. I think that the manufacturers, by and large, everybody has a T-shirt. Everybody has a hat. Everybody has an ashtray. Yeah, those are nice things, and maybe they bump a couple people into boxes, but people need to get outside the box and have something. The $5 in a comfortable chair promotion was one of our best promotions ever. Yeah. And I'll tell you, we're looking at it. And so we have, I told you, we have the ashtray, we have the hat, and we have the T-shirt that's coming up. Those are critical only because you, you do get a rebranding opportunity with that if you do a good job on it, right? But that's not the end all. That's not going to get somebody to buy a, an extra cigar or buy that pack. Uh, with us saying that we're not spending much money on swag, which we're not at all, if something really killer, like, like, but for the like, price of an ashtray, you could Skip, get a collapsible look, look at chair. Skip's original stuff. I mean, and he might have more, and you could speak better than Skip's stuff. Some of that shit was awesome, and that would that would entice any entice me to buy a competitor's product just to get that cool thing or backpack. Use this water bottle, thing, yeah. Right, that water bottle thing was I thought was amazing. Like so, and and uh, listen, we we find something uh, that we could use for that because I much rather give. Spend the same amount of money or a couple dollars more on something that gives me a branding opportunity, gives that consumer something that they enjoy, than giving them a free cigar. It kills me to give a free cigar. Unless we're in a social setting and I really want you to experience it. But just to give a free cigar with purchase, I do it because that's what we have right now. But that's one more cigar they got to smoke before they buy one. Right. All right. It's time for the strength and character segment. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho Cigars, the icon of uncompromised values. <laughs> All right, there are six pillars of character, trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. We are on citizenship right now, and do we protect the environment? Protect the environment, Mickey Peg. St. Francis does. <laughs> yes, he does. And you're a supporter of St. Francis, so by extension. I, I have the candle. Yeah. <laughs> and as an industry, probably not. We chop wood down and we make boxes out of them. People throw them away well, and we don't. Yeah, but that, that, that that's boxes, are, I, I think, are okay. So there's, there's a sustainability in what they put back in. If you look at Britain right now, they're getting ready to go coal-free, right? Yep. And they're using wood. And, you know, that's great. But the thing, coal, you can leave it out for a bunch of years and it just, whatever you can do. It has to go into this certain container to keep it at a certain temperature and moisture level so they could reuse that for energy. And so what's the carbon footprint of that stuff you're putting the wood in? Right. But wood in itself, yeah, I think that's. Plant the tree, right? Take yeah, it I mean, look at, look at Placencia. They, they yeah. did that thing where yeah, they planted absolutely. acres and acres worth of trees to offset the trees. They give they back, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know Honduras is pretty bad. They have no wood. Yeah, because they burn it down, so they they burn all the brush off it so they can use the wood for um, firewood for themselves, yeah. the people. And when they burn the tree down, nothing can plant in that spot ever again. And that's the erosion that happens in there. I think the, I, I think the industry needs to step up a little bit when it comes to 
comes to that. And I'm, I'm the last guy, an environmentalist or anything, but I mean, as an industry, I think it does. On a personal level, uh, I'm not very good at it either, that I don't no. separate my trash. My wife has to go in the trash and separate it from what I threw away because I'm not playing that game because I think the same thing. It takes as much energy to take that plastic thing and turn it to reuse it than it does to make the plastic in the first place. Well, that's energy as, as opposed to sustainability and carbon imprint. I mean, if you're if you're recycling something, you're 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 slowing you're you're eroding the carbon imprint. So I don't know. I think recycling is a little bit of a farce because I have seen yes both with my own eyes and had conversations with guys that are in sanitation. The same truck picks up the plastic and picks up the trash <laughs> and dumps that. it into the same exact bin in the back. It gets compressed the same. Yeah. yeah. So Which you're telling happen. me that there's somebody at the transfer station that's now picking through it to pick it out? Washington no, if they were see. going to, they would have had two separate trucks. And the guys in sanitation say it to me all the time. It's ridiculous that in our town, you can, you can have your recycling bin and you have your regular bin. And the same guy picks it up. It goes into the same hole and gets buried. Yeah. It's not being done. And we have we have... Uh, you've had our soda here at Two Guys, right? Yeah. Beautiful glass bottles, and people say, hey, what do I do with this? Well, we're in New Hampshire. I said, just throw it away. Because in Massachusetts, one mile down the road, it's you know a recyclable product that you have to go through this process and get your, your nickel back. Well, glass just gets turned back into sand anyways. I mean, it's glass is... It's not not biodegradable. It, it'll break down into the and become sand again by just being mushed into the, the dirt. But is that real diet root beer, or you just I love it, or do you just <laughs> slap a thing on there? No, no, that's real yeah. diet, delicious, yeah. right? Yeah, it's got real like real diet chemicals. The, not the company that makes chemicals. that they won the won the award for best root beer across the nation or something. That diet root beer is ago. amazing. Yep, it goes really good with my dedication uh, miter. There we go. Mm. I like to hear that. <laughs> you you doing any uh? No, you don't do any recycling or any no, of that. I recycle stuff. some of my jokes on the show, but that's about. Well, it. you saw Jonathan try it. Even when it's a failure yes, joke up there, right. you just keep doing. You guys it. just no don't understand the value of having a cigar tailor. No, terrible. Ed, you, you, I think you are a recyclable guy. Um, my wife makes okay, me do makes it. Makes you do it. So that's why. But if if there wasn't the wife wasn't there, you'd just throw it in the barrel. Right? Oh, in the trash. Yeah. You know, you and I could it, pretend. It's about being honest here. <laughs> you and I could pretend we have electric cars for the environment, but that's not true. No, it's all tax breaks. All right. So we learned nothing in this uh, of of what the next trend is going to be. Uh, but there is going to be a trend, and we're going to look back at this in two years ago and say, and say we should have thought. Mr. Jonathan is a genius. It was a tailor. Cigar tailor. It's going to be Chilean tobacco. Hey, do you remember, Barry? There was a guy that would take a cigar and take the wrapper off it and then rewrap cigars. That was me. I did that with Padron in uh, the you Rocky Cameroon. But there was, a, there was a blogger that did it from time to time. And, and then sold he, the cigars, didn't he? He did, he did one of my cigars, too. It was really weird. <laughs> he just recently got, well, some guy just did it with mine. Talk about the wrapper influence on the cigar. Yeah, but I, this guy was taking them apart, rewrapping them, and reselling them. At, no? Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember a blogger changing up the wrapper and yeah, then we, reviewing we, the cigar with a different wrapper. Yeah, we, we tried that ourselves, too. But this, this I thought, was somebody actually reselling it. It was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Steaming the wrapper off. Hey, listen, when I'm down intact. there with the torsion doors are working, and it's, it's a lot, hey, let's do this, let's do that. So now what we do is when we take them out of the mold and draw test them before we're doing some of the tests, we have the wrapper set up. How about the collaboration stuff? 
Anything to that? That too, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. If it was your show or somebody else's show? I was listening to the collaboration, and you know, on the collaboration, there's all different styles. So you know, like one collaboration is the fact that I, I'm obviously cl- collaborating with Rocky Patel, but it's actually yeah. his factory he owns with somebody else, and it's a, that, that's a mechanical kind of uh, collaboration. But working two people working together to bring something to market, I you know, and that goes into it's all another set of sub uh, conversations. I think those will always work. Um, uh, always have the potential to work. Yeah. So let's, you know, you gotta have so, star power on both sides. Both guys have to have a, a pretty decent well, following. I don't know. If it was your show. I'm pretty sure it was your show. And you guys were talking about it, and I took notes on that because there's actually a couple of people that I would really love to enjoy to work with, and then, you know, I think you know who one of those are. Um, is what would be our story? What would be distinct and understandable? Because. When I was listening to that part of the segment, nobody's like, well, what, what did he contribute? What did this one person contribute? What did the other person contribute? And there was even a debate on who did and what they did. So what, what's a, a compelling and memorable story that's told about why this collaboration worked? Oh, Mickey Pegg, CAO. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> still, sour. Back still sour. Still hey, still no, sour. I buy the backer from those guys, so hey. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is it for the after show. Mickey, thanks for coming on. Thanks Mickey for having Peg me. For all St. Cigars. Try the St. Francis if you haven't tried it again. Big raging reviews already in the chat box over there. Chat right? box was saying box worthy. Okay. And uh, went over really well. All right. So that's it. Uh, next week, Renia Lorenzo from HVC Cigars and the launch of the 2021 Black Friday. Right here on the show. We'll catch you then. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.